You're listening to The Dime Podcast, Business Simplified. For so many listening, we're guessing you didn't start your business so you could run and keep the systems, the processes, and the daily tasks of the business. Of course not. You have a passion for a product, for an idea. You have a passion for people. Well, Dime and the Dime Podcast is here to help. We want to simplify and clarify all the detail work of running your business so you can focus on the real reason you started your business. My name is Rob Lott, and I'll be your host for these conversations. This month, Ben Habeck and I have a conversation about budgeting. But more than a conversation about budgets and budgeting, this is a conversation about funding your vision, about funding your goals, and about influencing your future. Let's get to it. Listen, Ben, I don't know about you, but I have a party hat on. I've got a <laughs> banner uh, that is strung up behind me, and I'm a, I got some confetti poppers that are at the ready because today we are talking all about budgets and budgeting, and I just could not be more excited. I could not be more thrilled. I know you are feeling good, feeling excited about this conversation today all about budgets and budgeting. Oh, it's so exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this before. I am an Enneagram 7, so if it's not fun, I just have no interest in doing it. And so, you know, my wife and I, on our calendar every month is the monthly budget meeting, and we're going to get together and we're going to talk about how we spent our money last month and how we need to spend it moving forward. And man, I just show up with a bad attitude every time, and I know that I shouldn't. <laughs> I just have a really hard time of showing up, and I know that for so many people, you know, you, you show up to the budgeting meeting... And people, I think, just have a tendency to show up with a bad attitude or just feel like it is going to be a boring meeting. Here's what I want to do, Ben. I want to make it fun. I want to make it interesting. I want to, I want to lean in the direction of like, let's talk about more the why of budgeting and the importance and the, the vision of it and the goodness of it and the greatness that can come from a really good, solid budget moving forward, as opposed to the nuts and bolts of decimals and profits and loss and things like that. Can I start by just saying something then about all that? Yes. <clears throat> so I've heard lots of large companies and directors at these big companies, they're like, oh man, it's budget season. We got to go figure out our budget. And it's this like, it's all about numbers and getting it to balance and how much profit do we have to hit? Do we have to fire people and hire people and cut expenses and all this? Um, it's just the wrong mindset. Yeah, the, the mindset should really be this positive, like, you know, we talked last time about strategic planning and thinking about what went well last year and what didn't go well and what do we want to do next year? That should be exciting. And now we get to talk about, like, can we actually do it? Is it viable? Right. How do we pay for it? What do we do? It should be like this, this fun time, not this grueling, like painful process. It should be fun. It really should be like, not a celebration necessarily, but it should be like, <laughs> get the team together. Let's talk about all the great things we're going to do next year and how are we going to fund it and get everybody excited about it, not this grueling process. 
<laughs> well, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know what? You're, you're right. Maybe not necessarily. I'll go ahead and take off my party hat but uh, for our conversation. But... <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I do think that it is important to have a mind shift. Um, and so I don't know yet what the title of this episode of the podcast will be, but you know, if you tuned in and, and realized, oh my goodness, they're talking about budgeting skip, but you've made it this far, then like, I'm hoping that you'll stick with us because I want this conversation to be fun. And I want to help people understand, like, let's change the mindset. Like you said, it shouldn't be a drudgery. It shouldn't be a bad thing. Let's make it something that is fun and exciting to show up to. So yes. I, I have a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you about um, in regard to how you, what your strategy is when you show up to the budget meeting, what your strategy is for budgeting for a year. So uh, the first thing is, depending on, on what kind of business it is, should budgeting be, is budgeting, is it a solo activity or is it a team sport? Let's talk about that. Well, there's multiple schools of thought on this. And there's a whole concept out there called open book management. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I know it's wildly successful in many uh, arenas. Um, what what I prefer is that people own their specific piece of the budget. So if you're a youth pastor, you own the youth pastor, the youth ministry budget. If you're the VP of marketing at a at a small business or a large company, you own the marketing budget. And so I don't think this is a... CFO that goes and puts the budget together and hands it out to everybody and says, here you go, live by these numbers. I think this is totally a team effort. And I think that uh, everybody should be in the same way that we talked about each department or each person doing their own sort of strategic planning and then coming together. They should do their own budgeting and then come together. And they may not see the entire budget in the whole picture, but they should see a glimpse of how their spending and their budget relates to the big picture. So it's totally a team sport. And frankly, if you do follow that sort of open book management concept, then uh, I think at the end of that process, everybody gets together and reviews the whole budget together, you know, the entire thing. So everybody sees each other's budgets, which like I said, it's not a terrible idea. And a lot of people find great success in doing that, especially if you're a nonprofit or a church. I think that's a big, a big win to go through that process and show everybody kind of the big picture where we're going, what we're going to do next year. Let me ask you this. If you say it, you are a, a solopreneur. It's just you. Um, the whole business is rising and falling just on your actions and what you're doing. Uh, a lot of independent business people out there that are listening to this might have this question. Should you do a budget for the entire year moving forward? Or why would you, why not just kind of play it by ear and figure it out along the way? Yeah. So, so the answer to that is based upon sort of how you see your, your business. So if you're a solopreneur, then you are you have a business. So do you want to grow that business beyond just yourself? Or do you want to do you want to keep it just you? And, you know, let's say you're a consultant and that's sort of your business. You don't really want to add a bunch of staff and people. That's fine. At the end of the day, I still think you should think about yourself like you're a, a bigger business than what you potentially are. And so even if you don't have other staff to go through the budgeting process with you, you should have a group of people that you consider advisors or, you know, a board of directors or something like that, but people that you respect 
that you can have open conversations with. So I did this when I first started the company. I said, this is cheesy, but it it was very effective for me. But I wanted to have accountability when it came to spending. So when I started the company, I found a guy and I said, hey, if I ever want to spend more than $500 in my company, can I call you and you just hold me accountable? Ask me the right questions to make sure that's something I really should be spending money on. And for years, I did that. If I ever wanted to spend more than 500 bucks, I'd call this guy up, you know, hey, I want to buy this or I want to buy that. And he'd talk me through it and then I'd make a decision. But I think we should do that. Even if you're a solo solopreneur, go find a group of people or a person that you can sit down with and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking my numbers are going to look like next year. What thoughts do you have for me? You know, what kind of feedback for me do you have? And if your revenue or your expenses are very up and down month to month. And it's sort of like, I know what the next three months are going to look like, but I have no idea what the next six months are going to look like. The point of the budget is not to try to predict what's going to happen. The point of the budget is to try to influence what's going to happen. So you're not setting a budget to guess this is the revenue I'm, I might be able to get, but you're setting a budget to say, I want to try to get that revenue. So that's something I'm going to work toward. Does that make sense? It's not predicting, it's influencing. Well, and and it's definitely something to shoot for. If you haven't, if you haven't vision cast even for yourself um, and looked ahead and said, what do I want a year from now? How, how do I want my business to be better? How do I want myself to be better? How do I, how do I hope that we've grown and developed? Yeah. If you've not set that in place, then you're probably never going to get there. You don't stumble into it. I love what you said earlier about having the advisor, um, anything over $500, you, you had to check in with them. I love that as an idea, as a really solid practice. But I also love you weren't reliant on the advisor to make the decision. The advisor was there simply to advise and that you would still make the decision moving forward. But the advisor isn't showing up with the emotion that you might have going into it and going, here's why I need this. And they might be able to go, but do you though? But do you need it? And (laughs) and they might be able to raise some questions that you hadn't thought about or hit an angle that you hadn't thought about, which I think is super valuable and something that just all of us should have in place, even if we don't have a staff or a board that we answer to, but having advisors that we've chosen that can challenge us on those things, but that the decision is still in our hands. And I think that's I think that's, that's a huge piece. And I don't want people to miss that, that people, I think a lot of times people go into solo work because they don't want to answer to anybody anymore. And that can drift into, well, I don't want to have, I don't want to have have advisors. I don't want to have a board. I don't want to have somebody to answer to. And like, no, 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 no. You still have the decision-making capability when it comes to budgets or anything else, but it's valuable to have that in place. I've heard somebody say one time that there are two types of players in the NFL. There are the the guys that have gotten to the NFL and they said, I've reached my pinnacle. I've, I've made it. I'm in the NFL. And they sort of start coasting. There mm. are other people that say, ah, I've reached my pinnacle. I'm in the NFL. I've made it. Now the real work begins. Now I have to really start working, right? Yeah. I think yeah. it's the same in business. We get to this title of CEO, or president, or we start our own company, or we're a solopreneur, and we say, oh, we've re- you know, I've made it. I've reached the pinnacle. The reality is all the work is just now beginning. Now we have to go in and, and do the real work. 
And I realized that way early on. And I thought, man, I really, I don't care how high I get in an organization, even if I own the whole thing and we're a billion dollar company, I'm never going to know all the right answers. I need people around me that are not just subordinates of mine, but are at my same level or above me that can help me answer questions and advise me through things. I met with my advisor this morning, literally. Yeah. And then what happened? I'm just saying nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I still do it. (laughs) (laughs) I still, my point is I still meet with my advisor. I still meet with him on a regular basis. And I think we have a, you know, a pretty big and still growing company, but I still, I still think it's valuable to meet with somebody all the time you know, frequently and, you know, help me through this stuff. The way that you're talking, yeah, it might be a little bit of a wake up call to some people, you know, going, oh, yeah, actually, there's not going to be anybody telling me what the next step is. There's not going to be anybody telling me where to go and the decisions to make. Um, and it all does fall onto the leader. You know, it's it, all of that, that decision making that you relied on other people to hand down to you. Now you're in a position where you're going, nope, I need to, I need to be the one to do it. All right. Let's get back to, to our budgeting conversation. So, so you have, you put the budget meeting on the calendar for the non-solopreneurs, for the, for the people who do have a staff and there are departments and those department heads are all going to show up to the budget meeting. How do you ask them to prepare before they show up? That's a great question. So, you know, in our last podcast, we talked about the strategic planning process and sort of each person in the organization thinking through uh, what worked, what didn't, et cetera. Now the time is for them to each spend an amount of time alone looking at the numbers from last year and deciding these are the things, the goals that we've set, these are the things we've decided we're going to do next year. Do we need more money to do those things? Or you know, do we have enough based upon what we spent and did last year? Do we have enough to to fund this year? And so most of the time, the expenses in your budget are going to be really, really similar to last year. And so ask your accounting department to put together a a list of all their expenses from last year and send it to each of the different department heads. So each department head has their list of expenses and what they did. And then the department head can get back with the accounting department and ask them what those numbers mean and what they are. And they can collaborate with the accounting department to figure out what happened. And then they should be forward looking and saying, okay, are we going to get more cell phones this year? Are we going to have less cell phones this year? Are we going to buy more pizza this year or less pizza? Are we going to spend more money in marketing this year? Are we going to spend less money in marketing? And they don't have to go in and plug a bunch of numbers in and use these massive spreadsheets. They just have to write notes about those things. Last year, we spent $10,000 on marketing. This year, I'd like to do more marketing than we did last year. Could we spend $20,000 on that? And so they, they put all those notes together. So when they come into the budget meeting then with the leadership team and the accounting department, they can say, I'd like more money for marketing. Last year, we did these things. Our goals for this year are to do X, Y, and Z. I need $20,000 this year. And then they can work the, you know, the budget process that way. But the idea is that you are funding your vision and you are funding your goals. You're not just looking at last year and saying, keep going. You're setting goals and how much money do we need this year to accomplish those goals? 
funding your vision, funding your goals. I think that there are a lot of um, startups that are going to be coming out of this year. Um, a lot of people have been forced to figure out, okay, uh, you know what, that job that I was relying on before, that's not going to work. I need to find something new to do. So you got a lot of startups that are going to be starting this year and, and in the coming years. Um, I think a lot of people due to this year don't want to be tied to working for somebody else anymore because that hasn't worked out for them now. They've, in a sense, they've been a little bit burned by it. And now they want to have their, their own company, their own team. So, how do you go about starting your very first budget and having a budget planning meeting for the very first time when you can't go to the accountants and say, hey, what did it look like last year? How do you, how do you set up the very first budget? So if you're a solopreneur, your very first budget is based upon what you need to survive. So I need X amount of money per month to pay for my mortgage or my rent or my car payment, or groceries, or whatever. And you sort of just list those things out. And then you say, I need to bring in this much money to pay for all of that. So it just starts with where, where do you need to be personally? If you're starting a business and you're hiring some staff, you want to think about how much am I going to have to pay my staff and myself, and what are sort of your biggest known expenses? And you just start. Your goal should be to say, I'm going to influence the next three months by putting budget together and say, I'm going to hit this much revenue and spend this much money and have this much left over for the next three months and then see how it goes. And in three months, sit down and say, okay, here's what happened. It either worked or it didn't. And then you tweak it for the next three months. But if you're a startup, I see these guys that are starting companies and doing the startup stuff and they're projecting out five years. This is where we're going to be in five years. It's like, Man, how about you just project out three months? Let's see, <laughs> let's see, we, where, let's see where we are. Yeah. yeah. And then three <laughs> months later, let's do it again. And then once we get some history behind us, then we can start, you know, we can start looking out six months or a year or two years. But again, I really want to drive down the point that budgeting is about influencing the future, not about predicting what's going to happen. So it's, mm. it's all about enforcing the goals that you've set and working yourself towards those things. Is having a budget meeting once a year, is that enough if you do it really, really well? Or should you have budget meetings every month, every quarter, every week? So we do in our company, I think it's, it's so important to have our leadership team involved in all of this all throughout the year. So my philosophy is I want my department heads to own their department. So I want them to help create a strategic plan for their department. I want them to help create the budget for their department. And then I want them to sit down with me every month and report their findings to me. So every month they sit down with me and they say, hey, you know, the marketing team or whatever, hey, we expected this to happen, but here's what's happened. And next month we're going to work on this to sort of get us back on track or, you know, whatever that might be. But I want them to take ownership and I want them to present that to me every month Here's what happened and here's what we did. Some companies do that. Some don't. If every month is too much, you could do it every quarter. But I think it's really important to get those department heads to present that and to take ownership of that on a monthly or quarterly basis. And again, if you're a solopreneur or a freelancer, that type of person, do that with yourself. Look at your financials every three months and re-project what's going to happen the next three months and keep doing that over and over and over again. So 
we have a lot of companies that their their fiscal year ends at different times throughout the year. And I know I can always tell when a fiscal year is coming to a close because all of a sudden, a lot of spending starts happening. All of a sudden, redecorating needs to happen in the office and everybody needs new computers and everybody needs uh, new, <laughs> all the latest and greatest of, of what is out there. Um, and it comes from this place of... I need to spend my budget because if I don't spend all of my budget, then I will lose my budget next year. For me, like I've always looked at that and I go, that just sounds unreasonable. That sounds like an unreasonable ideology. If, if you are showing, like, I feel like you could have a sit down over a cup of coffee with the, <laughs> with the powers that be and say, Hey, you know what? I didn't need all of this money this year, but I might need it next year. Can I still have the money even though I didn't spend it? Like it just seems strange to me that people spend all of their money, you know, and for a financial guy, is that something that people should be fearful of? Is that something that people should do? Should people spend all of their budget for fear of losing it next year? First of all, I would say that that concept is usually in big, big, big organizations that have a hard time getting way down to the very small individual departments way down the line. And so they put this concept in place. It's just easier to budget. If we say here, you get X amount of money every year. If you don't spend it, then we're just going to give you another X amount next year. So you don't, you don't get to carry over last year's surplus. That's not very common in mid-sized companies and below. So okay, hundred million dollar companies and below usually don't have that mindset where if they don't spend their money, they lose it. And if they do, they shouldn't. Because in a smaller company, they should be budgeting based upon what they're expecting to do. And they should spend all that money throughout the year. If they don't spend all that money throughout the year, they've made a bad budget. So <laughs> they need to make a better budget. And, and, that, and again, it's, it's funding the vision. So if what I would say, if somebody came to me, and you know, if the sales department came to me and said, "Hey, we got all this extra money left over. What should we do?" I would say, "Did you accomplish all your goals this year? Because if you didn't, you should have spent all your money." So they should be building a budget that helps them accomplish their goals, and they should be spending every single penny of it because that is what's going to help them accomplish their goals. So if they haven't spent it, they probably haven't met their goals. I love I love how frank you are. Uh, just <laughs> you made a bad budget. It's, <laughs> you just made a bad budget. Uh, this is the Dime Podcast, Business Simplified, and there isn't any simpler way of saying it. You just made a bad <laughs> budget. <clears throat> and anyway, I love the way you talk about this stuff, Ben. All right. So in a year like the one that we've had, where the budget goes out the window, how do you reapproach? You know, again, last last episode we talked about pivoting and maybe the end product has changed altogether. All the systems and processes have changed altogether, and we don't know how much that's going to cost going into the upcoming year. What happens? How, how do you approach? Uh, or let me ask this. How are you approaching it moving forward? As I've been saying all along, the budget is about influencing the future, not predicting the future. And so if we have that mindset, we know where we stand today. Things are awkward. Things are, you know, just maybe weird right now with COVID and the economy and just everything that's going on. So what do we want next year to look like? And we're going to try to build a budget to influence that, not to predict it. So we should look at last year and say, it was a year weird year. Do we think next year is going to look that same way or, or different? And if it's going to look similar and we've pivoted and changed our business model a little bit, 
then we need to influence what we want to do to make next year different. So I know I keep beating that dead horse, but (laughs) it's so important because when we have years like this, we have the chance to, to get excited and say, okay, we had a really weird year, but next year we want it to look like this. So what do we have to do to make that happen? And then we get, we can get excited about that vision and we can, you know, we can build a budget to accommodate that. So that's the mindset I've always taken. That's what, you know, I always do with our customers and internally that's what we do. And so it's hard to answer that question because I, I think that people want a response that says, go do X, Y, and Z to prepare for the worst. But I just don't think that's a good answer. I think the answer is get excited about the opportunity you have next year. We were talking about uh, the simplification of all of this stuff. Let's let's not make it complicated. Let's make it really easy. Are there any rules of thumb when it comes to budgeting? You sit down at the table. Are, are there any rules of thumb in regard to, say, percentages or this this amount needs to go to marketing? This amount needs to go to overhead expenses. Like, what are there any rules of thumb when it comes to budgeting? That again, those of us that are just starting out, maybe we don't know, and we can use some of your years of knowledge on this? (laughs) So every industry is different and every industry is going to have different percentages. They call them key performance indicators, KPIs. So those are things like net income, gross profit, you know, your percentage cost of goods sold, that sort of thing. So every industry is a little bit different. So I'll talk in general terms. Our philosophy is that if you hit a 10% profit, So the bottom line, you brought in all this money, you spent all this money. At the end of the day, you have 10% left over. We say that's break even. So any industry across the board, 10% net income is break even. So if you're a for-profit company, after you pay your taxes on that profit, you don't really have much left over. So that's why we say 10% net income, 10% profit is break even because then you go pay taxes on it and you you don't have much left. Same goes for a nonprofit. Nonprofits, churches, frequently they think, well, we're a nonprofit. We're not supposed to have profit left over. We're supposed (laughs) to get to a quote unquote balanced budget, which means zero profit. That's totally wrong. They need to have at least a 10% profit in order to fund their operations for the next year. So, Nonprofit doesn't mean zero profit. Nonprofit means we're not profiting a specific individual. It does not mean zero profit. They need to hit a minimum of 10%. 15% should be sort of their goal, 15% or better. So 15% profit at the end of the day should be your goal. And then the other thing I'll say about this is I think that gross profit is the most important number in all of the financial numbers. I'll give you a very quick explanation of this. Let's say you're a coffee shop. You sell a coffee for a dollar. The cup, the coffee, the stir, the milk, and the sugar, all of that is direct cost. If all of that costs 50 cents, then your gross profit is 50 cents. Income minus the direct cost equals your gross profit. That's the most important number. Everything below that is your overhead stuff, the stuff you were talking about, marketing, sales, those sort of things. You don't have to spend money on those things. 
but you do have to spend money on the coffee if you want to sell a cup of coffee. So you can control the things below gross profit. You have less control of the things above gross profit. Yeah, the way you simplified that, I approve. (laughs) (laughs) So to summarize, say again, uh, beat the dead horse again, Ben, about influencing the future. Uh, Creating a budget should be a fun, exciting experience. It should not be this grueling, we got to cut expenses and hire people and fire people and all. It should be fun. It should be saying, man, look at the opportunity we have in front of us. Let's build a budget to fund our opportunity, to influence the future, to set goals. Let's not try to predict what's going to happen. Let's try to influence what's going to happen. And let's get excited about budgeting for the year. And let's let's do it as a team. Let's do it as a group. So we're all on the same page. We're all pointing in the same direction. And we're all getting excited about where we're going. Well, and to be honest, you know, again, this Enneagram 7 showing up to that kind of a budget meeting, I could get excited about that. And I do think for the leaders that are listening, uh, the business owners that are listening, like if you can get your people to understand this is exciting, this is a good thing, show up to this prepared and ready to dream into the future, and then we're going to put some some legs to it and figure out exactly how we're going to do it. I think that's a, that's a far better, more exciting thing to show up to than, okay, it's time to talk about the numbers and it's time to talk about uh, moving that decimal around. And to your point, Rob, it's the leader, the person in the room, the CEO, if you will, the senior pastor, the whatever, the person closest to the top, if you will, their job is vision casting. Their job should be to get everybody excited about the future and about where we're going. And so they should do that. That's the role they should play in that meeting is the vision side of things and getting people excited about, you know, what we're doing. Well, thanks, Ben. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the Dime Podcast Business Simplified. We will be back next month. If you have any questions about any of this, Ben, um, how can they find you and reach out to you and uh, get in touch with Dime to help out? SimpleDime.com or any of the social media places, whatever those all are, at Simple Dime. Thanks, man. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob.